Careful now. Boing. So cool to be playing vinyl. Vinyl. Took the record off the turntable. You ready for this? Welcome to Behind the Vinyl. Here's your host, Stu Jeffries. Welcome to Behind the Vinyl, the podcast where our guests play vinyl copies of their biggest hits and give us the stories behind the music. I'm Stu Jeffries, and in this episode, Fred Schneider of the B-52s tells us how he came up with Rock Lobster, one of that band's signature songs. I went to this disco in Atlanta, and instead of having a light show and fabulousness, they had a slideshow, and they showed pictures of puppies, babies, and lobsters on a grill, and I thought... Rock Lobster, that's a good title for a song. That's a bit later, but first, Andy Kim, and one of my personal favorite songs of his. Andy talks about how it came together, and how there's a little bit of the spirit of Stevie Wonder in it. Andy Kim drops the needle on Rock Me Gently on Behind the Vinyl. It was a Friday night and it was raining and um, it was my first time making a record in Los Angeles of a song that I had written but not that many people did cartwheels but I loved this song and I went into the studio with um, five musicians that I had never met before but it's okay because my life has kind of been like a one of the Walendas, you know, you're on a high wire act with no net, but my safety net was this song. And um, so I remember the first like half hour, I had played them the song a couple of times and it was kind of not going anywhere. And uh, it was the weirdest thing. And I just uh, decided to put the guitar down and tell them why I wrote the song. And I even had a photo of her, because I was carrying a photo of her at this time. And, um, and the door opened, and the bass player walked in, because he was late, but we really weren't at a place that we were looking at parts, we were just looking at a groove or a thing. And um, he plugs in, he apologizes, and he goes, I said, what is that? He said, I'm tuning up. I said, could you tune up in the key of this? And that's what started everybody hearing what I was hoping to translate. Um, Because I just figured, you know, some artists come in and they have everything already. And um, whether it's Sugar Sugar or whether it's Rock Me Gently, I don't know where it's going to go. But I trust in the instinct of some phenomenal musicians that they will hear me and they will understand that I need to, um, to say yes and no to stuff. And um, it was the most incredible time. And this part here was an afterthought. Because I didn't want a guitar solo, I didn't want a horn solo, I'd been there and done that. Coming home from a Malibu party, I remember um, I used to have, live near uh, the old Tower Records on Horn and Sunset, and I had turned a corner, and it came to me that I needed Stevie Wonderish on this album and on this record, and so I called the uh, 
keyboard player that was playing with us. And um, two days later, we had this. And I sat there for three hours after it was all done, thinking, my God, I've recorded the best song of my life. And it took me a year and a half before anyone even wanted to sign me or, or even play it on the radio. But I was born with the gene that never listened to anybody. I realized that no one is responsible to babysit my dreams. I started my own record company here. I remember calling my mom after um, the last person on this planet had turned me down in LA and I said, Mom, I'm coming home. And she started crying but because she didn't listen to the rest is that I'm starting my own label, I'm putting my new record out, it's gonna be number one all over the world and I'm only gonna be home for a couple of months. But she only heard that I was coming home. And um, so th that was an incredible couple of months and then uh, Capitol Records showed up with the likes of a Mr. Al Corey. You should, you should Google Al Corey up, the one of the most brilliant men in the music business ever. And um, went to number one in billboards, sold six million records around the world. And as this is spinning here, I see that <clears throat> my record company was called Ice at the time, and there's an ice cube here. And you can't find that anywhere else in the world. And I, I still don't have a copy of that, but I'll try and steal it from you at another time. So that's the story of my life. Just don't wait for someone. Don't wait for a government grant. Don't wait for anybody. Just follow what that voice inside of you. And I'll leave you with this great Mark Twain quote. The two most important days of your life, the day you are born and the day you find out why. Find out why. Andy Kim and Rock Me Gently on Behind the Vinyl. I'm Stu Jeffries with Fred Schneider of the B-52 standing by. Ahead of Fred is Stephen Page, now a solo artist, but as you know, he had quite the track record with Bare Naked Ladies. Here Steve talks about one of the first songs he wrote and how the subject of the song actually liked it. All right, Be My Yoko Ono. It's um, the first track on side B, which is a weird thing for me because the vinyl of this album is new. It was They put it together for the um, 25th anniversary of Gordon. So I never think of this song as being part of side B. If anything, it's still part of side A on the cassette. But here it is. This is a song that was um, a hugely big deal for us in our early days because it's like, it's one of the first songs that I wrote. Um, well, Ed wrote the, uh, the bridge with me and it became part of our kind of repertoire from very early on when we were a two-piece band and then a four-piece band and then a five-piece band, but it it was all about the vocal harmonies. And this is where we got, uh, very famously went into the um, the uh, Speaker's Corners booth at Much Music in downtown Toronto and piled into the uh, booth there and put our loony in the, in the machine and sang an abbreviated version of this song as our first video where we said we're too cheap to make a real music video so here we go and much music actually put it into rotation and uh, for a lot of people it was the first time they ever saw us um, 
and it's uh, you know it's a song about looking at the John and Yoko situation not not as a negative, not as about the reason the Beatles broke up, but as a story of true love. If you had a relationship this deep and meaningful, wouldn't you give up everything for it? And uh, but we had to do it in our very goofy trademark way, which ends up after Ed sings this part here, are you a Koano impersonation? And then, uh, but she actually liked the song, she heard it, and uh, actually gave us footage for us to use in the, in the real music video we did for the song. Um, was very gracious about it, has a sense of humor, uh, thankfully. And uh, it's so weird to hear it now, because it's something I wrote when I was 19, um, which is, 30 years ago. Um, now I feel really old. But it's it's mercifully short. <laughs> but it's, it has so many elements of like, you can hear what everybody in that band did. Andy Cregan on the, on the congas and doing those oh, oh vocals, all those different harmonies. The big double bass. The acoustic guitar strumminess, the the cleverness. Um, it's kind of it is quintessential early era bare naked ladies. Stephen Page and Be My Yoko Ono on behind the vinyl. I'm Stu Jeffries, and we're not done with Yoko Ono just yet. Next up, Fred Schneider of the B52s talks rock lobster and how Yoko was the inspiration for the fish noises. Here's Fred with Rock Lobster on Behind the Vinyl. Wish me luck queuing it up, and I'll be blabbing about it. Boy, I'm a professional. So we recorded this in 1979, and um, the original uh, idea for it, um, I went to this disco in Atlanta, Georgia, called 2001. And instead of having a light show and fabulousness, it, they had a slideshow. And it was empty, and they showed pictures of puppies, babies, and lobsters on a grill. And I thought, okay, Rock Lobster, that's a good title for a song, because it's the B-52s. We were just uh, jamming at the time. And so we jammed on it for hours and hours and miles and miles of reel-to-reel uh, -reel tape and uh, Keith and Ricky went and spliced ideas together, brought them to Kate, Cindy and I and we put in our six cents and uh, we came up with a six minute and 48 uh, second song which uh, we're just, we have a hard time editing ourselves but who cares. Um, so. This is actually a seersucker suit, uh, but they couldn't do that on the album. And oh, it's just hard. Well, in America, it says uh, "play loud" because when I first heard it, it was like, "Ooh, this sounds a little rinky-dink." Because I didn't never really realize what we sounded like, but it went. Uh, it was doing well. Was going off the charts, and then we did Saturday Night Live, and after that, it just went back up the charts, went platinum, double platinum. Um, we toured the world. Uh, 
and um, Cindy does the uh, the fish. Well, you'll hear them later. The fish noises. Uh, that's definitely an homage uh, to Yoko Ono. Um, but we always just did things our own way. It's uh, you. You don't have any preconceived notions. I mean, I, I was writing lyrics with Keith on the way into the studio to jam, and but then I changed, you know, my my lines and stuff, and then the girls added their noises at the end. Uh, it was took three. This album took three weeks to record for I think thirty-five thousand dollars, and I wish we had just paid for it ourselves <laughs> instead of owing everything to Warner Brothers, but. Um, uh, they didn't know what to do with us, but once we started selling, they got on board. Uh, we played Toronto. Uh, we did the um, oh uh, the Heatwave Festival, and um, got to meet all the different acts that were playing there. It was real exciting. Um, went to Australia, where we were sort of like playing small clubs in all over the place in America, Canada. And then we go to Australia and Rock Lobster was like the biggest thing until we are the world. And uh, we were like in shock because they treated us like we were superstars. <laughs> we're like in schlubby outfits and, you know, doing just our same little rinky-dink set. I mean, it's not rinky-dink, but it wasn't like light show. And we did try smoke. But, um, but back then, that was the bad smoke that we, it was wax-based. Um, but we were singing on, in America somewhere on our early tours, um, and the smoke started going up from the floor and then up and up. And pretty soon, it's over our heads, and all you hear, see is smoke and hearing us laughing, because if something goes wrong, we just laugh. It's not like, you're fired. So we worked that. Um, well, bikini whales, you see them at the beach, of course. Uh, like I said, it, only, it didn't take that long. We did this, well, we did, we did it live in the studio and then did some overdubs, but it's pretty much um, a live recording uh, at Compass Point Studios in the Bahamas. And Chris Blackwell was the producer. He, Cross and Blackwell, Marmalade and all that stuff. Um, he was great. Uh, and Robert Ash also uh, co-produced, well, he produced it and Chris oversaw the whole project. Um, I'm going, um, a lot. Here we go, there's the Yoko on her part. And she came uh, on our 25th anniversary tour uh, show in New York. Yoko came on stage and did her Yoko thing. Uh, on Rock Lobster, which was like a, a totally exciting. She's she's really great. Um, and actually, her and John, we didn't know this at the time, but uh, we found out reading Rolling Stone that John heard Rock Lobster at a club in the in Bermuda, and when he heard, he liked the song, thought it was really great, and then he heard the Yoko part, and he, that's when. He said to Yoko, Let, we got to get back in the studio. They're ready for you and us. And uh, they did Double Fantasy. And we've been in touch with Yoko ever since because we were big fans of hers, too. Um, 
and there's the fish noise, <laughs> um, which we, we still do. Um, but it, this has been, this song actually was one of the best-selling independent singles in 1978, uh, back with uh, 52 Girls. Um, we never saw a penny, but we had a, it put us out on the map, especially Australia. That's, that's what got us to be so big in Canada, too, Australia. So, uh, and the band's still performing, so hopefully we'll be in Toronto again soon, all over Canada. Uh, so, let's see what else. And a friend came up with the original logo. And it has the uh, asterisk, which is grammatically incorrect, so we've corrected that. Now it's just B52S, and that was Rock Lobster. Fred Schneider and the B52s with Rock Lobster on Behind the Vinyl. As this podcast ends, another one waits in the wings. I'm Stu Jeffries. See you next time on Behind the Vinyl. This has been Behind the Vinyl, the podcast, hosted by Stu Jeffries. Audio production courtesy of Doug Morehouse, Derek Walsman, and Troy McCallum. Thanks for listening.